Welcome to the Halloween Extravaganza podcast. Today, the pumpkin and squash palooza. Welcome, dear listeners. I'm Laura Summers Davis, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Grillo. And today, we have a rather unusual topic to explore. Did everyone say yes for an adventure into the heart of Halloween and child psychology. Okay, let's get started because today you are in for a treat. We've got a few special tricks up our sleeves as we dive deep into the gross, gooky messiness of squash and pumpkin mashing. And that's not all. That's just the beginning of today's show. We will embark on a thrilling mission and educational journey through the pumpkin patch of messy emotions. Emotions are like ghosts. They can come out of nowhere and create chaos. And when we don't handle them properly, sometimes they can haunt our hearts. It's crucial to teach kids to express and manage their feelings. Just like a good ghost story, it's crucial to express and manage your feelings in healthy ways. That's right. Today we'll be delving into the world of pumpkins and squash. Yeah, with a twist. We'll be talking about how you can use these autumn favorites to help kids aged from 5 to 10 release their emotions in a healthy and creative way. Want to know how to banish those pesky, messy emotions and fill your hearts with the spirit of Halloween fun? All right, great. It's time to put on the chef's hat, grab your apron, bring a pinch of spooky wisdom with you, and don't forget to grab your favorite gourd. Now let's make this Halloween a mash-tastic and emotionally enriching experience for everyone. Number one, welcome to the pumpkin patch. Picking the right squash and pumpkin? Wow. First things first, let's talk about this. Why are they such a great medium for this kind of emotional release, Ray? Well, I guess I saw or think of when we're carving pumpkins. So it has all the the messy gooeyness on the inside. And then I was thinking of squash, like uh, the butternut squash or the spaghetti squash and how some of them mash and then some of them turn into spaghetti, (laughs) like noodle-like type. Uh, feelings. And so I wanted it to be something like experimental because I just think of, you know, Lennon and how he likes to experiment with everything and see what everything does. So you can pick out squash or pumpkin and they all do different things. I love that. And you know, with pumpkins and squash being symbols of Halloween, representing the autumn harvest, not only do they express themselves differently, like Ray said, you really can enjoy such a variety of foods. Like with the spaghetti squash, I love putting pasta sauce on top of that. Oh my goodness. And then pumpkin pie. Oh my heavens. Making a homemade pumpkin pie from scratch. And then you can also eat the seeds. Yes, you can. I would love for you to share with us a quick and easy recipe to be able to get ready for our activity today. So with the pumpkin one, you can just like how you would carve a pumpkin, you would cut into the top and you're going to want to be sure to be safe with this and have the parents only do it. And then you can take out all like the gooey, gooey messiness uh, beforehand or with the butternut squash or the spaghetti squash, you cut it in half. 
and you have like the messy seeds and stuff. So all the while, while you're doing this, you'll be able to do the exercise that we're about to share. However, you cut it open, you take out all the messy insides, you lay it down on some oil or you pour oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil, and then you put it in the oven at three, I like to do 325. Some people do 350, 375. It just depends on what sort of squash you have and sort of pumpkin you have. And um, you wait for it to cook. And then afterwards, you can salt it if you want to, or just add any seasoning that is good. You can put cinnamon and sugar if you want like a sweeter taste. And I like that one with a little bit of sugar and cinnamon. It reminds me of something my grandma would do. That sounds delicious. I love thinking about being able to have the smells envelop you in the kitchen, to be able to have candles lit in the background and music playing in the background as you're cooking together and spending that bonding time. And then after you've been able to have this pumpkin and squash cooked, it gets ready for our next part of our activity that's super, super important to to talk about. And that's about using pumpkins and squash to channel excitement first, because you go down and you pick out what you want, you know, absolutely get involved with the process and taking the kids to a pumpkin patch or the local market, or should you be close to a farm where they grow them, you know, be able to go out there and, and pick your own pumpkin is kind of exciting too, because that anticipation and excitement is key because later we're not going to be talking about happy emotions we're going to be talking about the emotions that aren't so happy it's important to have the children feel a variety of emotions because that's what we're doing we're doing something that is emotional and picking just the right one for them helps them to learn how to cope with their anger and other feelings that come up in a healthy way mm-hmm Ray, I'm thinking this is going to get messy. Tell us about what type of safe indoor or outdoor space, safety gear, clothing. What do we have to anticipate with the messiness of this activity? So, I mean, you're going to have to get the utensils that you're going to need. And I would advise that you handle, the parents handle the knives that are being used, whatever you're carving. Of course, if you're going to be smashing stuff with a bat, (laughs) Or like maybe a hand roller, you know, it depends on how crazy you want to get, you know, um, make sure that you have goggles on because you never know like where the, the casing or like the outside part, the harder part, the shell of the squash or pumpkin is going to land such as you're going to need like forks or if you want to use for like even the smaller ones, like the little, I was thinking the little claw, you know, the salad claws. Like maybe give the wooden salad claws to like the smaller ones and then forks to the bigger ones. And it does, pumpkin does stain a little bit. So you're going to want clothes or maybe like an apron, like Lennon has an apron or a poncho that he uses. Um, You can use that and you're going to want a tarp, either a tarp or maybe go do this in some grass. I'm pretty sure whatever debris is going to be nutritional for the grass. (laughs) So maybe do it on just on top of grass, depending on, you know, where you're at. If you're in a home, if you're in a patio, make sure that you have the tools necessary in order to keep your space clean. Definitely. You know, when you're in the city, it's completely different than the country. And also when you're cooking the squash or the pumpkin, it's completely different than a fresh raw one. I recommend when you're going to be messy that you go take a little drive, get out of the city for a minute, get even out of the country for a minute and make it a fun activity, shooting practice even. And when you're talking about the cooked with the messiness, 
definitely that patio is more of where you would do Play-Doh or painting, someplace in your home where you would do something like that, that you know is going to get a little bit messy. You don't want your white furniture <laughs> becoming orange from little hands that are just getting up to go get a drink. Make sure that you do have that protected area. And like Rice said, because it can stain, then you definitely want to make sure that the clothes, your shoes, anything that you're wearing can possibly turn a little bit orange. And that tarp idea, oh my gosh, I can picture you even just going to the park. You have a local park down the way. Go to the park, get your little pieces of your cooked pumpkin, put it in a little basket or something and make sure that it's cooled down and take it to the park. Sit down on the tarp right there in the beautiful weather uh, and enjoy just sitting there and squishing it and eating it and making a mess of it and bring some wipes and clean up before you go home. <laughs> you mentioned about adult supervision, making sure that you have a parent. Why is that important in this activity? What? Let's say I'm a busy mom and I just want my kids to have fun. And so I cook the pumpkin and squash. I put it on a cookie sheet. I set it outside in an area that is kind of protected and everything where they can get messy why is that not okay? Or is it, Ray? What do you feel about that in this activity? Well, I do believe that kids are extremely capable. They are capable to handle themselves and to follow direction. The part where you're going to need adult supervision is if they're using tools and they're using knives or they're, you know, because it is something that one, like we want it to be a fun thing about exploration. It's about self-exploration. And sometimes with these emotions that come up, sometimes the children, they won't be able to digest it or to interpret it in a certain way. And as adults, we can see that or we can help guide them through these sort of um through the exercise and through the emotion. And I guess when you're sharing that, like I envisioned even like a little baby, because I love the, like, I love allowing kids to play with their food. I'm not like the mom that holds them back from doing that because it's a tactile thing. It's, they're learning about like what's going on and they're like pulling it apart and they're seeing like, what is this? What's going into my body? Like, why do I have to eat this? You know, this, this mess. and especially with the spaghetti squash, like I was just envisioning you taking it, shredding it and then mesh it around and you can show different emotions like ew, like, you know, the ew face. This is something that I feel like kids need that guidance with along that emotional support as well as physical. I mean, you could allow them just to do their thing. However, I feel like you would end up with a big mess on the walls and which will cause just frustration. <laughs> <laughs> one of the emotions you're releasing will be on the wall permanently that you'll have that memory that you listened to Laura and Ray today and smashed pumpkins and squash all over your house. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, right? I'm sure the yeah. kids are, are smiling at their parents right now and giving them that look when we say food fight, they want to do it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect spot in our episode today of explaining why is it okay to experience these emotions? Because now that we've got the food, it's ready for the playtime. You've already picked out your pumpkin. Now it's important to ask the kids what kind of an emotion do they feel like they need to get rid of? And don't be attached to it. 
it might not be anger. It actually might be something happy. It's okay, whatever they're going through. And that's how they're expressing themselves based on an interpretation of their short little belief system of 10 years or younger, most likely, because this is a five to 10 year old age podcast. How do you think we can do that, Ray, after the pumpkin selection, doing the expression ritual about it? Explain how that works out. So this will be an exercise where, again, the parent is going to need to guide. And it's funny for us. It's like we just think like sometimes emotions just come up. We just feel them and that's they're there. And I'm going to feel this way for that. We could get stuck in that emotion because we keep replaying in our mind the same emotion. However, even while you're doing this, you might see like, okay, well, now feel happy. And so like, you can feel happy, like think of things that make you happy and then now feel sad. And like, you're like, oh, you know, and you actually start to feel that sadness. Now feel angry, like you want to punch the pumpkin, <laughs> punch in the pumpkin, you know, um, emotions are something that you can shift and you can change because in reality, emotions only last 60 to 90 seconds. You're the one that gets to choose it. And that's chosen by your thought process you can shift like that and you, when you're exploring and you're telling kids okay now feel confused now feel this way you'll notice like the kids like they they have these feelings coming up and you will as well and you're like wow I can shift from here to here to here um, and that's why I feel like this emotional play is fun because they get to explore that shifting which is a great practice however also it's great for them to mimic and to see like oh okay so this is this emotion this is this emotion this is how I feel with this emotion that is a perfect explanation when I'm talking to parents like I love to do about their children you know how they're growing how they're learning what techniques do they use that works because one technique on one child doesn't always work the same on another child it's like having puppies and you're like oh my gosh they're so different you know <laughs> and I think something that's fun in that moment when you're talking about those different emotions Ray is a story because maybe that word confusion, they don't understand what that means. And so you can do a little tiny little story that says, okay, little vampire went to meet with Dr. Frankenstein. And Dr. Frankenstein said, pick which pumpkin you like. And there was all different sizes. And then he just squashed one. And that left the little vampire feeling confused. Just little stories like that, that you can help because you understand your child better than anyone else. And this is great also for teachers, babysitters, anyone that has the opportunity to take care or teach or be a part of a child's life, even another sibling or a bestie friend. <laughs> you can do these activities together. And I know that this is geared for ages five to 10, I'm listening and I'm thinking, Ray, that you and I and all the adults that are listening should put together a little smashing emotion event for themselves. This is very healthy. I'm picturing just going through like when we talk about happiness, what does it feel like when you're touching the pumpkin and what does happiness look like? And then that, how you said the anger, you know, where you're squashing or poking, you know, they can do whatever they want to do to figure out, to express using touch, and then they can eat it too. Maybe a little one wants to taste it. I know, should you put all these yummy things that Ray said on it, it's going to be hard for me to want to smash it. I'm going to want to eat it because it's going to be so yummy. <laughs> Ray, I'm thinking that now we've opened up these great emotions. We've also talked about how easy it is to cook this squash and pumpkin. 
We've mentioned this messy play and what's required. I'm thinking we're kind of getting to the end now because we've talked about the emotions. The kids have felt all these different emotions. I definitely recommend you stopping on an emotion that's more along the line of happy rather than sad or anger or frustration. <laughs> Think of excitement. Take them on a little story place with that, using Halloween for that type of a discussion. And now we need to clean up this mess, Ray, and be able to talk more about what happens. When you're cleaning up, I think it's always good to express to you because it's a there's an intention behind the cleanup and an understanding of the cleanup. Afterwards, sometimes emotions can be messy. And so like you can look around and see what happened with the, whatever happens in your uh, in your experimentation of self-discovery and emotions. You might notice that it might be messy or like what you see in physical form. That's what's going on internally, especially for children. It might some of them might have a harder time with emotions than other ones. So while you're cleaning up, just make sure like you express like it's okay to have these emotions. However, sometimes also it's messy. What ways can we clean up not only well the pumpkin mess and the squash mess, can we clean up the emotional mess? And teaching them about things such as forgiveness, talking about how to apologize correctly or effectively, I should say. I don't think there's a correct form, however, effectively. And being able to communicate to people what these emotions were and then also reflecting back on themselves and seeing, did they feel good about making this mess? Because now, because sometimes, you know, like Lennon, he doesn't want to clean up anything. (laughs) So it's like, well... Yeah, to sort of do it anyway. And I feel like that puts it into practice and for them to see physically, uh, and even if it gets, you know, they may not understand it consciously yet at their age. It's a subconscious thing that it's a practice that they'll be able to implement and they'll see it. And when they come across something similar that feels similar, they will be able to handle a situation a bit. I don't want to say better. However, the way they have practice with it, in a safe space to practice with it. So when they go out into the world with other people, they'll be able to use the practice that they've been practicing. Yes, and practice really does help when they're put in those situations. And we don't always get the opportunity to help them before there is a misunderstanding or there's a confusion or hurt feelings. And I love the whole idea of just being able to use the squash and pumpkins as a metaphor for emotions. Like you scoop out the insides of the pumpkin and you scoop out and explore your feelings. You know, very, very intense way to do something that is so intense yet so simple and sweet and fun and calming to explore explore these emotions. And this age group of children has a lot of emotions. One minute they're happy, one minute they're sad, one minute they're angry and frustrated, one minute they like something, the next minute that's not their favorite thing anymore. You know, you can go from having your favorite color change and we need to allow that flexibility more than ever now in a changing environment and especially that artistic expression. Ray, how important do you feel it is to allow children to have artistic expression? So I feel like it's for me, because I'm such a creative soul. And I do feel like on some level, everyone is creative. 
It just depends on what they're more creative in. They could be creative with the movement of their body. Usually I would think like dancers, you know? And so that's why I like this is that it's like tactile for artists. If they want to paint on the pumpkins, like they could paint on the pumpkins or the squash. And that's the way with this practice and this artistic expression, it's a great way for them to release emotion. And especially as they're developing and moving on to adulthood versus just having and like spitting out and vomiting emotion to like other things. So this will be a great practice for them. If say like they have some emotional turmoil, this is the way I see it down the line. And instead of doing something that might be self-sabotaging, they could turn something into an artistic expression for themselves, whatever that might be, and release these emotions in a healthier way versus a self-sabotaging way. And there's going to be that child listening. I can tell right now, I can feel that child out there right now. The one that's not going to want to do anything, that wants to keep the pumpkin without even drawing on the face of it, doesn't want to do the mashing, doesn't want to remove the seeds, not even put a candle in it. You're going to have that child. And when that child says that they are not wanting to do anything, let them kind of process. That might be their mentality that they just need time to figure out what kind of pumpkin is perfect for them and how does that all fit? And are they ready to accept being able to see that they even have these emotions and to learn how to handle them? Oh my goodness, we're like three steps back. We need to stop. And it doesn't matter how old this child is. We as adults also have our own time that no matter what comes around us, When we're not ready, we're not ready. (laughs) And I think that that's truly important is that we're all at different stages in our learning about emotions. And as you know, Ray, emotions can be very tricky. (laughs) Yeah, they really can be. (laughs) Well, the key to this activity is creating a safe and open environment where children can express their emotions without judgment. It's also important to provide guidance and support throughout the process. This activity can be a valuable tool for helping kids understand and cope with their emotions in a creative and engaging way. So there you have it, folks, a Halloween extravaganza with the twist with pumpkins and squash, not just being there in your homes for decorations. They can be tools for emotional expression. And remember, Halloween is a time for excitement and fun, and it's okay to acknowledge and address any negative emotions that may come up. By using pumpkins and squash in this creative way, you're going to have a spectacular and emotionally balanced Halloween. Ray and I want to say thank you for joining us today on the spooky, squashy, and sensational pumpkin and squash palooza. Whether you're a little pumpkin enthusiast or a squash connoisseur, you've discovered a treasure trove of Halloween information and delights with us today. And as we wrap up today's episode, remember that our journey goes far beyond the kitchen, doesn't it, Ray? We're here to help you navigate the mysterious and magical Halloween secret to banish those pesky, messy emotions and fill your hearts with the spirit of Halloween fun to embrace them, share them with friends and family, and let the magic of the holiday turn the scratchy emotions into smiles and laughter. Stay tuned for more Halloween adventures, and remember, the magic of this season is all about fun, friendship, and facing your emotions like a true Halloween hero. Until next time, keep those pumpkins mashed, and keep the Halloween spirit alive all year round.